0: First question this week is from Miranda in Missouri via email. I love horror. I'm a huge fangirl. I know you guys probably get asked this a lot, but why do you like horror? Zena, let's start with you. Oh, why do you Miranda. like horror? Um, okay.
1: <laughs> oh, Miranda. I, I like this question, but honestly, just to keep it simple, I just like the thrill. Love the thrill, you know? And then if I was were to go into more detail, it's kind of like a... um a family bonding for me because growing up my family and I, we would just always watch horror movies together. So now it's just, you know, like a really wonderful hobby.
0: I think that's a very sweet answer. (laughs) I don't have the same thing. We were not a horror family growing up at all. I still remember being scolded by my grandpa for watching that Mernom street three on television when I was like nine or 10 or something like that. Uh, And I didn't, I I got into horror really thanks to, like, blockbuster movie pass type things and, like, the local, you know, biking to the the rental store. Probably not until I was, like, 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. And then I really kind of fell in love with it again in my 20s. And for me, like, it's because, to me, horror is super vulnerable. And I think when you open yourself up to horror, it is allowing yourself a certain vulnerability to being scared and that also creates a bond amongst horror like lovers even though there are some horror fans that i probably would never want to talk to in real life (laughs) there is a commonality there that they might not want to admit is there because fear is a common denominator we all Mm -hmm. get afraid and embracing that fear can be amazingly cathartic and i hear it over and over from people that they listen to and watch horror to help them with depressed thoughts and anxiety and things like that, where it seems like it should be the opposite when the reality is, it's also about overcoming that fear and kind of finding balance in their lives. And I think that's really amazing, just like the potential healing that horror has that I think a lot of people on the outside don't see, Mm -hmm. but we as horror fans, we see it all the time. How about you, Megan? (laughs)
2: How do I follow up that uh, very elegant answer? Yeah, um, John. I'm so I guess prominent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like Bernardo from Los Spookies, where it's like, horror is my life.
0: Um, <laughs> He's
2: the best. Yeah, I think as a kid, I would have been like, the monsters, because that was <laughs> what got me into horror. I, just anything monster related. I don't, I guess it was an escapism type thing, or just the fantasy of it, or seeing something new. But uh, I feel like it just continues to evolve. It's like the genre that, always evolves and and there's all sorts of reasons um the thrill-seeking reasons which i adore the community uh the catharsis the reflections on you know the current social climate all all of the things all of the things that's why i like horror (laughs) for all of it
0: i accept all of the things all of it
2: all of the things thank you
0: And our second question comes via Twitter. Off the top of your head, name one 2022 horror movie you're thankful for this Thanksgiving. Uh, Megan, let's start with you.
2: Ah, this is tough to choose one. (laughs) One. Um, So I'm going to cheat. I'm not going to do two. I'm going to list one.
0: I know what you're going to say then.
2: Yeah. It's Ty West X. Yeah. Because it's the (laughs) gift that keeps on
1: giving.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good answer. I agree. Uh, how about you, Zeno?
1: I'm going to go with Smile, you know? Mm. um, I feel like, yeah, of course, we had a lot. We always talk. We already talked about this, but a lot of awesome movies. But yeah. I'm just thankful for Smile because it really scared me. It surprised me. And, you know, we just was just asked that question. Like, why do you like horror movies? Like, Smile that's a good you know definition of that you know it touches on all all of your senses it's just i don't know it just made me feel warm and fuzzy inside <laughs> i'm sorry i'm laughing cuz it's like it's kind of a downer movie a little bit and you're like it made me feel it warm is. and fuzzy it really is that's why even when i was telling you guys like trigger warning if you're yeah. going through some stuff beware but the way it scared me was an amazing feeling cuz yeah. you know how it is yeah i get so. it i get it
0: uh I I need help on this one because I don't remember what, what year this came out. This might have been a 2021 movie. Was the Deep House 2021 or 2022? It's not 2022.
2: 2020. It's 2021. Ah, oh, see, because that would have okay. been my answer. You're without so
0: it, close. then, without it, then it's Barbarian. Yeah,
2: nice. that was that was my kind of instinct to go towards that. But then I, you know, I I saw my loophole and I took it.
0: barbarian and uh, listeners will you'll eventually hear us talk more about barbarian at this episode but soon and for so many reasons again if you haven't seen it please go see it yes maybe you won't feel the way we feel about barbarian but we have very strong feels about barbarian and i think I think it's also viewed very differently if you're a horror fan and not a horror fan. Interesting. Like you see it on two different, honestly, a lot like uh, X. Mm. You can watch this movie on two like completely different levels and then talk your way deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And those levels and those layers that we're seeing in horror now are just so like amazing that we're Mm -hmm. seeing like what kind of craft this can really become. I'm just feeling like all nice and happy. (laughs) talking about all that Yay. yeah
2: warm fuzzies
0: and speaking of nice and happy welcome to the bloody disgusting podcast everyone the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world and help us discuss the disgusting you know her as the movie critic for bloody disgusting or movie fanatic and journalist megan navarro hey megan howdy and you know her from a youtube channel and website real queen of porn or infant love for the genre zina dixon hey zina hi hi and i'm john <laughs> see i had to balance it out from last week <laughs> Sorry to anyone who had earbuds in for that one. Oh, no. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to hook around the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile, too. So, Zina, what's been filling your heart this week?
1: Ninja 3, the domination.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Unexpected title right there <laughs> it's a
1: good time from 1984 i checked it out on prime video a beautiful woman becomes possessed by a ninja's demonic spirit after he is shot by the police and he kills revenge for him okay yeah so yeah this this woman is just like living her life minding her business and the next thing you know she just gets possessed by this ninja and he was out in daylight like not out in the night just broad daylight so I watched this movie like a while ago, and it's been a couple of years since I've seen it. So honestly, I really didn't remember it. But this is perhaps one of the best movies ever made. I don't know, because <laughs> <laughs> if you are having trouble like, hey, I don't know what kind of genre I want to watch, you know, movie wise, just watch this one because there's every genre genre. In this movie, you know, there's there's supernatural, there's romance, there's drama, there's martial arts, uh, there's a sword that floats, demons, mm-hmm. glowing eyeballs, some exorcist stuff going on. I get a little I bit mean, of
2: flash dance vibes too, huh?
1: I was gonna say that yeah, so the best way to describe <laughs> it is, <laughs> is flash dance, you know, from 1983 meets the video game Ninja Gaiden or Gaiden, whatever it's called. Yeah. Gaiden. And yeah, then it has like a dash of the exorcist. So it's just like, you know, you, you have to watch everyone. it. It's a buffet. Yeah. And I had a good time. Also, if you like V8, um, like the V8 juice, you should watch this movie. That's all. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> you should check it out. But yeah, um, right. I had a good time with it. You know, I enjoy seeing the glowing sword and, you know, again, demonic possession, creepy glowing closets. Again, there's every there's zombies. Well, a zombie. But still, like, everything. <laughs> It's wonderful. But yeah, if you're looking for something fun over the top and you don't really want to think, you just want to watch, <laughs> this is the one for you.
0: Love oh, it. I always appreciate not thinking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you need That's a my break. That's favorite thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. You, you rewatch like the Ice Cream Man or reality TV. Just put this one on instead.
0: Who rewatches the same movie over and over again? That's ridiculous. I've uh, ne- never, met,
1: never met somebody like that before. I don't know no, that
0: person. nobody's like that.
1: <laughs> Then the next thing, I rewatched uh, *Eats Eats You* from 1997. Um, I have a Criterion Blu-ray, which is so beautiful. They sent it to me. It's there earlier this month on the 7th, November 7th. It's their 25th anniversary. Aww. And um, yeah, I remember checking this movie out. When it came out, I was like 10 and, you know, it flew over my head. I had no idea what was happening. And I recently rewatched it, like as an adult. What a beautiful, enticing movie you know um you're able to see this from the perspective of a kid you know and what happens that summer it's just it's it's seriously amazing um it has a great uh cinematography that has like a lot of like symbolism which again like I said I didn't realize that as a kid or whatever but Anyway, um, there's Voodoo, there's a Black Widow, it's Southern Gothic stuff. So, you know, it clearly has everything that I love. And Jurnee Smollett, she's in it. Um, she's our leading girl. Um, so whoa. good. She amazing, like seriously. Um, but yeah, if you love Southern Gothic charm, um, voodoo, snakes, coming to age, horror drama, um, I think that this will be a good time for you to check it out. And I think that you'll enjoy it. so So
2: that's what i watched yeah i know xena can relate to this but you ever just want to watch a movie based on the title alone
1: yes yeah
0: uh yeah you actually watched one of them that i really want to see
2: yeah it's uh it's called bloody muscle bodybuilder in hell (laughs)
0: Uh uh-huh
2: so yeah um based on the title alone i'm like yeah put it in my eye holes um (laughs) this is now on shutter it came out in 1995 it is only 63 minutes long that was the other thing you have this really long title that's kind of longer than the movie itself (laughs) um so that's fun it is uh essentially the japanese evil dead right down to like Mm -hmm. the the Mm -hmm. vhs kind of aesthetic uh the plot There's less characters, you know, it seems like it's definitely kind of low budget, um, which is also part of the charm. Trapped inside a haunted house, a bodybuilder must save himself from a gruesome ghost hellbent on revenge. I gotta say, though, for as enjoyable and kind of cheeky and very Evil Dead-ish as this movie is... I was very confused about bloody muscle bodybuilder in hell because it takes an <laughs> awful long time for the bodybuilding aspect to come into play. And he does not look like a bodybuilder. It really does look like what if Ash decided to call himself a bodybuilder?
0: Well, there's this thing where if you translate, uh, if you translate in English title into japanese and then back into english it's not the same title anymore oh yeah so i'm guessing that there's it's something like that going on where it's like the closest we can come is this
2: Hmm. what is the name of the turkish horror movie with the cops and baskin so if you like if you look baskin i cannot remember now to save my life what the title was but it's something like meat kebabs in hell or something is like the Japanese. <laughs> I mean that's accurate. The, the, yeah it is. I'd watch but, so that. He, but so is Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. I mean he eventually uses uh the ba- like the bar with weights as a weapon. Yeah. I don't know where he gets oh. it from. I guess he packed it in his, his little bag. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's, it's fun. Jason
0: Patrick packed a barbell when he moved in Lost Boys, so it's totally possible that someone takes it on vacation.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah, he takes it to this dilapidated old house there with some ghosts, and it comes in handy. Um yeah, it's it's entertaining. I wouldn't say it's like it's it's no evil dead, but it is evil dead, if that makes sense. So mm. it's fun. Nice. You just need, you know, 63 minutes and a fun time. There you go. Um, and then this came out over the weekend or Friday, I guess. Um, I haven't gotten too far into it, but the next entry in the Dark Pictures Anthology video game series, um, The Devil in Me came out. So I started playing that. Uh, it's on PS5, Xbox, PS4, I Steam. So yeah, everywhere pretty much. Um, and this one is uh, the season ender. There was four games before this. I've talked about at least a couple of them before. This one is a group of documentary filmmakers, they get a call inviting them to a islands kind of replica of serial killer H H Holmes murder house or murder hotel. But they soon discover they're being watched, manipulated and possibly, you know, Um, murderized. So I haven't gotten too far into it. The prologue starts with actual H H Holmes and his hotel during the Chicago world fair. So that was actually really surprising. Um, Mm. And then it shifts to, like, the documentary film crew. And part of them is Jesse Buckley and uh, Anna and the Apocalypse and Game of Thrones, uh, Paul I I don't know if you know the principal in Anna and the Apocalypse. That's the closest horror role That's I can cool. think of. But anyway, they're among the cast because this, this franchise always seems to find at least one really well-known, like, lead. And this one has a few recognizable faces. So, yeah, you're sneaking around. There's animatronics. There's death traps and all that fun stuff i don't know where it goes but i'm having a good time
1: yay
0: speaking of good times i watched (laughs) megan's pick 2021's the Innocents* on shutter during the bright nordic summer a group of children reveal their dark and mysterious powers when the adults aren't looking in this original and gripping supernatural thriller playtime takes a dangerous turn all right megan why this one
2: it's one of my favorite movies of the year um i think it's so well done and i love how it explores morality and and the sense that it doesn't exist yet at this age and i was really curious for your kind of read on it as a dad
0: i'll never watch it again (laughs) This made me feel so sad through, like, the entire movie on probably every level Mm -hmm. possible. Um, And I will say, without a shadow of a doubt, it is the finest example of child acting ever put on film.
2: It's so well done. Now,
0: maybe someone else will try and argue of some movie I've never seen. I don't care. (laughs) This... The acting but with these children, what they were able to get from, I don't care if it was their parents or coaches or the director or whatever, the pure innocence is in these ch- child actors. They, it is so, there honestly aren't even words mm-hmm. t- for me to describe, like watching these children act and just being like, how did you capture this? Like, how did you not? how did these kids just do this mm-hmm. and not like, I don't feel like they're acting. Yeah. Which is so brutally painful during some of those scenes where it's just like, Oh no, yeah, no, don't do that. Please don't do that. Please don't. Do- oh, they did that. Oh no, 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 no. No. And it is just, there's some heartwarming moments, but the heartbreaking moments are so brutal Mhm. And you sympathize and then demonize and, and like, oh yeah, like I, I didn't cry during it, but I could have probably if I had really just sat there and focused or if I'd like watch this at night by myself or instead of in my office at noon. Um, I agree. It's a fantastic movie. It absolutely is, and I will rank that up there with movies like Million Dollar Baby and Leaving Las Vegas, that are fantastic movies I never want to watch again. That is fair. Uh but it honestly, like, whoever, whoever deserves the credit for the performances of those child actors, and maybe it's the children themselves. Give them all the accolades. Give them the Oscars. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. Stranger Things got nothing. Kids got nothing on these kids. No. Not even close. No. Like it's, it it was, it's something to watch for sure. You will not feel good after it, but it is fantastic acting Mm -hmm. and the framing of everything and the pacing and the bleakness and the simplicity and everything. It's just like, whoa, Mm -hmm. that's another level that it takes a really specific filmmaker to be able to pull off. And I don't know if any other filmmaker could have done this movie. I don't even know this filmmaker, but of all the filmmakers I've seen, I'm like, you guys can't do this. Have you
2: seen <laughs> Thelma? It is one of the writers of Thelma, which is kind of um, also the horror it's side beautiful. of uh, superna- or telekinesis, but this, it's a different coming of age. Thelma's no, like, she's going that. to college after living a rep- repressed religious life and then finds she's mm. got powers and how that plays with the uh, morality. It's, it's also very, very good, but one of the mm-hmm. writers for that is the director this is his debut Eskol Voit. <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm gonna butcher it but
0: yeah. yeah i mean yes there is powers there is supernatural happening but it's obvious that they're they're just symbols yeah. within the movie it's like just, they're just they're just taking form of something it's else. an
2: extension to explore that yes. time in childhood where they have not developed morals yet they don't have a sense of good and evil
0: yeah and when you personify things like empathy and loathing and things like that and what it turns into it's it's it, it, this is a amazing movie that yeah, I I would have turned off within the first five minutes if Megan hadn't oh. assigned it to me and I'm <laughs> like, I gotta talk about this <laughs> because it's tough too. just as a dad or my particular daddy heart it was it was oh. tough, but daddy it's heart. it's very good.
2: Well, thank you for watching.
0: Yeah. and then the equally. Just sad and deep and dark and brooding. <laughs> 2012 Silent Night on Shutter. The police force of a remote Midwestern town search for a killer Santa Claus who's picking off citizens on Christmas Eve. All right, Zinn, why this one?
1: Well, I have a very profound reason, just so you Ooh. know. Um, it's because Santa has a flamethrower. and I yeah, just... <laughs> well, there
0: you go. I
1: think that everyone needs to see him with it.
0: I mean, really, that should just be the byline. That's Santa's it. got a flamethrower.
1: Yeah. Perfect for the holidays.
0: Yeah, watch this. Uh, <laughs> you know, when I first watched it, I was like, what the hell is wrong with this town? <laughs> like, this is Small the worst town. town in the world. And I actually, I I actually, like, I was thinking about it ever since I watched it. I'm like, this is, wow, how are these the worst people in the world all in one town? <laughs> yeah. And... Then it occurred to me, though, there's this documentary. I can't remember the name of all I can provide is like details. Basically, the gist of it is, is there's this small town. This has really happened. Mm -hmm. There's a small town where there's this one guy who's a horrible bully. Like he's the worst and his wife is the worst and his kids are the worst and but he's like violent like he almost killed a shopkeeper for accusing his daughter of stealing candy which she did steal (laughs) like he shot him oh my god and and the town basically at some point gets tired of him and a bunch of them get together and kill the guy Mm. like shoot him in his truck and the FBI comes in the police come in and no one says a word so there was this murder that happened in broad daylight in this town that people know who did it and no one's saying anything And the repercussion, there's a whole documentary series on this, I guess, too. There was a drunk history on the episode Jerry O'Connell Plays the Bully. And the repercussions, though, is that the town becomes dark. And that things only get worse because of this thing that happened in broad daylight that everybody knows happened and no one is talking about. Mm -hmm. So the town just kind of downward spirals where there's just a feel. And that's kind of what I decided to give Silent Night the credit of. That their mill closed, so everyone got dark. (laughs) But more like, I I also had to give it a little little bit of a grace period. Like, I'm like, okay, I need some reason for these people to just be the worst. Even Santa, not Killer Santa, other Santa, is just mad. Everyone is so mad at everything.
1: In defense, too. Just, just saying, sometimes around the holidays, I know people's like, oh, tis the season, and yeah, but sometimes people are pretty terrible yeah. around oh, the yeah. holidays. So that's why sometimes, I, I took that town was like that.
0: Sometimes people are terrible around <laughs> the holidays? I don't want
1: to sound like a meanie. Okay. No.
0: Well, speaking of child actors, <laughs> the one child in this movie is also the worst person in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Mommy needs those pills for your heart. (laughs) Go get your keys. Oh (laughs) Oh my God. God. Ruling their lives. Oh, yeah. It's so, it's weird, campy craziness. Malcolm McDowell had some of the weirdest dialogue he's ever had to say in his entire illustrious career. (laughs) Like, what? Some of these lines didn't make any sense. But it's (laughs) fine. Like, he was talking to somebody else. you're right it is fun honestly like at first like when the shock kind of wears off of like what's happening and these horrible people it just kind of turns into i think it's intentionally funny i yeah, think it because like it's told. so bizarre and it, to me it felt like the director writer director was trying to capture an 80s grindhouse movie
1: that's what i felt Be- yeah between like the dialogue
0: school the level of the characters, the kills themselves. Mm-hmm. It was that attempt to capture it. I don't think it landed the same because it didn't quite have that same 80s kind of nostalgic charm, but that's mm-hmm. for who knows what reasons. But I get what he was trying to do. At least I think I get what he's trying to do. But go watch it because it's crazy. It's I don't
1: fun. Know. If you want an old school slasher with so much blood and, oh, again, yeah. Santa with a flamethrower.
0: And if you want to see people acting terribly and almost immediately punished for it, watch Silent Night.
1: Punish. (laughs) I say go for it.
0: (laughs) All right. Before we move on, what are we watching? How do we watch it?
1: Uh, I checked out Ninja 3 The Domination on Prime Video and then Eve's Bayou on Criterion Blu-ray.
2: I watched Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell on Shudder (laughs) and I started playing the devil in me on PlayStation 5.
0: And I watched *The Innocence* on Shutter and *Silent Night* from 2012, also on Shutter. Alright, I think I need homework. Okay. Um, I feel like there was some stuff that I want to watch. I'm, I'm getting back into the X Files, nice. But that's like way too much content for me to try and consume and talk about. So I feel <laughs> like I, I need movies. Zena, uh, you're up first.
1: Okay, so I still want to keep you on your holiday uh run but Let's just do in it. case i don't know if
0: you've seen it have you seen chronos i haven't seen chronos
1: oh okay. lovely Yay. i know it's on hbo right yes
0: yeah i scroll by it every time and i'm like xena would really appreciate it if i, I watched would. this it's beautiful and then I don't. <laughs> so no thank you i appreciate so again sometimes i just need to be assigned things and Yay. then i'm happier for it because i it's uh you get overwhelmed by choices right yes all right megan
2: uh, I think you need the Deadly Spawn in your life. It's on Shutter.
0: The Deadly Spawn. The deadly That's a spawn. spicy title.
2: Yeah.
0: Is that? Are we having some more issues with children in this one? No,
2: I'm giving you a break. You needed some oh, '80s 90s. schlock in your life with some good oh, practical effects. You. So there you go.
0: The quickest way to my heart, right there. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's for Megan brings us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan?
2: It's been months since the bombshell dropped uh, that Evil Dead and Don't Breathe director Fede Alvarez will both write and direct a brand new alien movie for Ridley Scott in 20th Century Studios. Um, and momentum for the project is heating up. Uh, it may have found its star. Uh, Kaylee Sp- Spaney, she is the lead in The Craft Legacy, and also she starred in Pacific Rim: Uprising and Bad Times at the El, El Royale, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Anyway, she's in talks. Oh. Yeah, you-
0: okay, I think I know what you're talking about. Sorry, I love Bad Times at the El, Roy- El Royale. She's the such a good short-haired
2: movie. younger sister of. Jakarta. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if you haven't seen that, it's also on Tubi right now. Go watch that. It's It's not horror, but, oh, it's so fun.
2: Yeah, that's why I put it last, because it's good. It's worth mentioning, but it's it's not genre. Um, She's in talks to lead the film. Uh, Deadline reported that she has actually been the top choice for the lead role for some time following several meetings with producers and Alvarez. The project is described as an original standalone feature. It's expected, obviously, to feature the Xenomorphs. Uh, Ridley Scott, who, of course, directed the original 1979 classic and returned for prequels Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Maybe one day he'll get to finish out that David trilogy. Who knows? But he will produce via his Scott Free banner. Uh, It was previously reported that Alvarez is a rabid fan of the franchise, aren't we all, and casually pitched a take to Scott many years ago. The idea remained implanted in Scott's brain until late last year when he called Alvarez out of the blue and asked him if he was still up for it. And obviously, Alvarez is going to be like, yeah, Uh, 20th Century Division President Steve Asbell said of Alvarez's strong pitch. It was just really good story with a bunch of characters you haven't seen before. So, uh, yeah, they made that top priority and it's gained speed. And they're expecting this film to get in front of cameras by early 2023. That was like previous reports. So based on this potential casting news, like she's in talks, um, obviously, that's probably coming to pass. So that's interesting. And if you want something brand new, unrelated to franchises or IP whatsoever, then uh, Bait director, Bait as in 2019, not the Shark movie, which is also mm-hmm. a favorite of mine, uh, but Bait director Mark Jenkins' next uh, film is the Cornish-set horror film Ennisman, and a brand new trailer that released for this suggests that it is... Uh, Definitely going to be a wild ride. Neon picked up North American rights to the film that's set in 1973 on an uninhabited island off the British coast where wildlife volunteer descends into terrifying metaphysical and eco-sophical journey that changes her grip on reality. I'm going to say emphasis on changes her grip on reality. Um, so yeah, Jenkin wrote and directed the original story idea by Jenkin and Adrian Bailey, Mary Woodvine, and Edward Rose Starr. The thing is... I highly recommend checking out the trailer because it's shot on 16 millimeter color negative using 1970s clockwork Bolex camera and post sync sound. So I'm laying that out there to kind of paint how this is just it looks like it's out of the 70s, like this wild Mm -hmm. kind of psychedelic, but, you know, meets folk horror. It looks very singular in vision that's like, okay, you have my attention. It's definitely folk horror, but it looks something very different. Um, so yeah. Check that out. I'm excited for that one. Uh don't know when it's coming because the trailer just says coming soon, but it's expected to wash ashore in 2023. And uh nanny director Nikiatu Jusu is on a roll. Um she's lined up another feature, a feature-length adaptation of her vampire short film Suicide by Sunlight for Jordan Peele's company Monkey Pop Productions. She nice. said in a statement, My project with Monkey Paw is an expansion of a short film I made about daywalking black vampires who are protected from the sun by their melanin. The original piece set in the near future of New York City more specifically tells the story of Valentina who finds it difficult to suppress her her bloodlust when a new woman is introduced to her strange twin daughters. Jusu is writing the feature film screenplay with Frederica Bailey, and it's part of uh Monkey Paw's overall deal with Universal Pictures. So yeah
0: awesome all right listeners your turn want to talk about how it's a crime that bad times at el royale didn't get nominated for best screenplay oscar because i do do you think monkey pop productions should just take over the universal monsters franchise because i do you can call our texas at 224-475-1040 the number is also in the show notes or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com Finally, Zena's going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching?
1: Well, we have a very light week. Oh, finally! Right? Jesus! No, I, I guess it's the universe <laughs> just telling us, "Why don't you relax, hang Pop? out, That's have some, mashed
2: potatoes.
1: Yeah. some oh, so no
0: mashed potatoes, some stuffing?
1: No mashed potatoes. No.
0: Oh, oh.
1: Okay. Well, I can't say that would be a spoiler for a movie, but. <laughs> no if mashed you know,
0: potatoes you know. <laughs> i don't even care no custard sure no Ew. soup i want mashed potatoes though
1: okay so first as always bloody disgusting tv is available for you and your eyeballs as well as screen box Um, First up on Wednesday the 23rd, out when this episode is out, Nanny will be available on Prime Video. An African woman hopes her new job as a nanny will help bring her young son to the United States. However, when a violent presence begins to invade both her dreams and reality, it threatens to destroy everything she's fought for. Then next up on Friday the 25th, uh, we have the coming of age romantic horror, Bones and all, it'll be hitting theaters. Um, megan spoke about it and she said how much she loved it it's the bee's knees so you want to check that knees. out <laughs> <laughs> then we have night of the tommy knockers uh, this will be available on vod um i just like the title so you should wait check is it this out.
0: the one that megan talked about that it's the short version of the tommy knockers
2: did you talk about it i don't recall was it as a news bit or
0: I thought you watched something where they was... took the Tommyknockers and they cut oh, out. Oh, So it's no, only like 30 minutes long. No, you're okay.
2: thinking of Timekeepers of Eternity, which was not Tommyknockers. Oh. It was the Langoliers.
0: Oh, that was the Langoliers. Yeah, okay.
2: yeah. I haven't seen this. I don't know what this is.
1: Well, this one, uh, when miners blast for gold in the 1870s, they accidentally released an ancient creature known as Tommyknockers. The town of Dare Creek in Nevada is soon under siege and... They only have a handful of survivors to help them try to survive at a local saloon. So that's that one. western creature feature.
0: Always a good premise. Yeah, Work for Feast.
1: That's all we have today. That's all I have for you. That's all I have for that's you. A, that's
0: okay. We appreciate you and love you for okay,
1: it. Okay, thank you.
0: And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Xena can be found on our own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at lovelyXena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at pod, or drop us an email at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. So, for this week, I'm John.
1: I'm Megan. I'm Xena.
0: Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody.